Plastic. Climate. Future. Future. Rock and roll. Dot com. Boom. Dot com. <laughs> it's Thursday again. It's Thursday again. <laughs> we people always screw it up. <laughs> when, when people hear, hear this one, they know it's, it's Thursday. And today we have a special Thursday because we have a special guest from one of our dream guests that we always wanted to talk to on this podcast mm. and it's Jan Homin from the circular economy department in uh, at Tomra. Welcome Jan. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm very excited about being here so I'm looking forward to, to this podcast since I'm a huge podcast fan in my oh. private life so <laughs> I'm very excited about being here. Thanks for having me. Great. Cool. So, Jan, uh, you're located now in Germany, right? Correct. I'm uh, located in, in a smaller city called Koblenz. So normally, I describe it it's somewhere in the middle between Cologne and Frankfurt because this is normally the two cities people outside of Germany at least know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm located I'm, in Koblenz in West Germany. Yeah. I'm sitting in Bavaria. That's like that's that's north of germany for us <laughs> far north it's almost it's almost Denmark. Yeah. Uh, close, close to the border yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well no thanks thanks for tuning in here today and um uh, we're we're as i said we're very glad to have you here because um yes. as i mentioned in uh, in one of our previous also episodes um one of the motivations is to bring in different views on plastics, climate, and the future, and also create a space where we can engage in, in, in these topics. And uh, first, because of course I stalked you on LinkedIn a bit, um, I see that uh, you haven't been from the beginning in this field. So do you have a story how you how you ended up at Tamara? Do you have some some uh, motivations that, that brought you there that, that we can speak about? Um, I don't know if it's really a story, uh, if you want to call it like this, but um, <laughs> I'm an, I am an industrial engineer from my background. So mm -hmm. I was, let's say, by, by studying very, very open what, what to do finally. I had several internships within different types of the industry, um, but it was not really what I was looking for for a permanent job. Don't get me wrong, I, I liked all of the jobs, all of the jobs, <laughs> that was fine. But um, after having my bachelor degree, I decided to go for a master and um, writing my master thesis somewhere where I have the feeling that I'm doing something um, economic with economic sense and in the, at the same time in a sustainable way, wow. um, trying to push circularity or renewable energy. So basically, you know, green technology that was what, mm -hmm. I, what i was looking for um, and then i finally realized that i have a world market leader for sorting and circularity very close to mm -hmm. yeah, to my home and it was tomra mm -hmm. um, and additionally during during a lecture my my professor introduced tomra and what they or in the meanwhile we are doing um yeah and so i decided to apply for tomra first as a student um mm -hmm. and then i wrote there my master thesis in a partnership together with the circular economy department mm -hmm. and then finally everyone agreed okay that's that's a thing we could continue so from the perspective they were interested in keeping me and i was interested in staying there so we agreed 
okay, let's make it a full-time job if you want to call it like that. So as an add-on for the student job. And um, yeah, this is this is my story, how I came came to Tomra. So it was kind of a hidden champion. I don't know if it's still a hidden champion because Tomra is, yeah, more or less worldwide known for reverse vending machines and the meanwhile for sorting and digital yeah, for yeah, yeah. And as, a, yeah, as, you, as you said, maybe for um, one of the leaders for circularity and circular economy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is John. I mean, uh, uh, just something uh, uh, kind of early on in, in our, our discussion today, I think is, is useful. Uh, for, for those out there uh, listening uh, to the podcast, uh, yeah, can you can you indeed just say a few words about Tomra? Because there may be uh, some some out there that, that are not so familiar with the Tomra uh, that, that would be interested to know about it. Yeah, of course. So um, Tomra is a Norwegian company, um, and we're basically covering three departments. Uh, one is for food sorting, one is for waste sorting, and one for is uh, one is for um, yeah supplying um, reverse vending machines. So for the deposit return system that can be um, used bottles, used cans, and everything at the moment, especially Germany is expiring this market to a lot of bottles such as juice bottles. Um, Milk bottles, all this is going into the deposit return system. Um, what I'm doing is mostly the waste sorting. So we're using um, all different types of optical sorting to distinguish between different types and colors of um, plastic, of, of wood, of, um, of metal waste uh, to really get a yeah, mono stream out of, out of a multi-material thrown away stream. Um, to be possible, to be able to reprocess these materials as a second material feedstock to replace virgin virgin materials. So what is happening, for example, with the plastic materials, um, all the plastic waste we have at the moment is sorted into different fractions, such as the polypropylene, polyethylene, PET, which we know from the bottles, polystyrene, which we mainly know from yogurt cups, to get pure fractions out of this, and then fine sort it, wash it, feed it to an extrusion, and then yeah, basically making new plastic out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think okay. what you just mentioned also this hidden champion thing is is uh, <clears throat> when you also look at at, at uh, what happened to those who actually recycle plastics in the end and and provide the recycled granulates. This is something that also evolved over just a couple of years uh, from you know, the better trashman, so to speak, to now actually a material provider. And yeah. I mean, it, it, Tomra is definitely a huge part which makes it possible because it's not visible to, to, to the general public, maybe through the sorting machines. But in the end, it makes it all possible that we have now all these recycling streams. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. definitely. Well, I, I had a question because you mentioned the... The master thesis. So what was your master thesis about? Um, my master thesis was basically um, a total overview and a mass balancing of a complete um, sorting process. Um, uh-huh. So in my case, it was um, an HTPE um, collection, sorting, washing, and fine sorting then again. So we, we started the journey of the materials from a collected HTPE. So uh-huh. of course, it was a collected plastic waste and then sorted on an HTPE in a big recycling facility. And then we, we performed further treatment of this material in the demonstration plant. So then we treated a couple of, of tons, so up to 50 or 100 tons, um, because to have a valid uh, database um, to purify these fractions just for PE, because you still could have some impurities in your streams um, and then go for a color sorting. 
um, and there we then fed um, this material, which was sorted on an object level, so really sorting one bottle and another bottle. So this is what we call a pre-sorting uh, within Tombra. Um, to put then this material, this pre-sorted material in the washing step. And when we talk about washing, we're talking about hot washing. So we shred the material, we wash it within different steps. This is not our technology, but uh, we invested in this technology um, to be able to, to show qualities and to show what is possible in fields of um, mechanical recycling. And then uh, to have a flake sorting. So flakes, we're talking about sizes between four and 20 millimeters to really purify uh, materials which were comp former compounds. Um, and there are mass balance um, to check all the all the process losses. So which material or how much of material we lose in which step, which quality we achieve within the next step with an additional sorting step, with which sorting step. And then finally um, doing some, yeah, in a way, guideline or respecting the guideline for design for recycling um right. balancing um this to to try to get as good object as possible for the next recycling step then to mm -hmm. avoid having too much losses within this process mm -hmm. so is it possible to like what, what was the result is it possible to close the loop like I, I it sounds like you have identified also the loopholes where you have to you know be careful so that you don't lose too much material but in in the end was it possible to show that it's uh yeah it's possible to close the loop <laughs> um yeah basically this so um the the mechanical recycling process as we have it right now um is a very well working process um, of course, we there's always some room for improvement, especially when we're talking about, uh, for example, taking take an easy bottle. Let's let's stay with mm -hmm. the PET bottle. Then we have mostly a polypropylene cap on it, um, and of course, sometimes a label, which is also a different type of polymer. First of all, yeah. the label makes it much more challenging to detect the bottle as the correct material, which is in a way, um, yeah, suitable for our technology because um, it developed uh, during the last years. But um, the cap is still a problem as such that we finally have it as an as an impurity because having having a PET stream yeah. with some small percentage of a PP, so polypropylene cap, for example, this will always end up in your waste. So the less other material you have on your main body object, um, the less waste you, you get out of yeah, the sorting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and is that something like this sounds like a challenge that can be actually overcome that if you just teach the consumers because i'm just from my my personal experience when i didn't care about the sorting and so on like as a child you just you just know okay this is a plastic bottle in germany you just throw it into the, <laughs> this yellow bag and then you don't care about it mm -hmm. and then at one point like you realize there is actually a lot of rules that every each of us can 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 learn easily and follow and this would make like increased circularity due to the technical challenges that you would, wouldn't have to deal with by a by a huge percentage like do you think it's that's that's one of of a big challenge like simply also the educational part um yeah definitely so it, it's definitely about education that we are able to yeah, make the customer know what, what is a good to recycle um, product so we can create from the customer side the demand, yeah. which creates a demand for the industry, which uh, creates from the industry point of view a demand to, to recycle to the supplying sorting um, industry like, like we are. 
there is really a need for more recycled material with a better quality. Um, of course, we have to somehow set a limit between we have to teach the, the, the consumer and to not overteach the consumer because, I mean, it would be great if everyone is working for Dombra, for example, but um, <laughs> you have to find a certain limit. But for sure, it, it, it would be great to have a, have a certain knowledge um, within the population. Um, what is a good material to, to be sorted or to be used to be consumed? And what is a bad material uh, when it comes into recycling exactly this material? Yeah. You, you know, you know so, something I've been thinking about uh, here here not, uh, recently is, is when you talk about recycling of plastics and, and you talk about, okay, uh, I, I have a particular interest in, in, in chemical recycling. Uh, uh, but it, it, the same is, is also true uh, for mechanical recycling, and, and that is uh, uh, the quality control for the feedstock for mechanical recycling. The quality control for the feedstock for chemical recycling step begins in your kitchen. Uh, and then if you say in Europe, it begins in all the kitchens in Europe, and how many millions and millions of kitchens do we have in Europe? So how many different points uh, into the system uh, that becomes the feedstock for mechanical uh, or, and or chemical recycling uh, begins? And so, so, so yes, educating uh, the public, getting all them on board. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, millions of kitchens where quality control begins for us uh, is, is, is quite uh, a complex uh, challenge for us to, to, to deal with in terms of, of really uh, getting getting the quality that's needed for for uh, for mechanical and chemical recycling. Yeah, and and I think this this is I don't know how about you, John, but <clears throat> if I ask, for example, my 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 mom or my wife, she knows all the details <laughs> about which cap to to take yeah. off and what to put in there. Like I don't think they know actually, and I think the majority of people just simply doesn't know. Probably, and you have better numbers, but I, as far as I know, like for my my recent numbers were that, that basically a lot of waste is collected in Germany, but I think only. Uh, a, a really a very small percentage i think it's below 10 uh 10 percent is is really being able to 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 be recycled um yeah there, there we is don't a, wanna, we're not gonna stick to the number so if they are wrong yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> we actually, cut it you, out you, and then change it again <laughs> <laughs> no, actually you, you you mentioned a good point because um the the, the first huge gap we have to face is um, of course the collection. Uh, so um, even even in Germany, where we have the, the Gelber Sack, so so a separate plastic collection system, DLD, um, and we have a deposit system, um, and we are still not collecting more than uh, fifty percent of plastic. So so at the moment we still lose fifty uh, percent of all plastic consumed to a lot of different uh, bins or final disposing stages, um, which. Yeah, it's still a lot for, for a country where it's uh, kind of famous to separate uh, waste uh, against each other, which I think I can say as a, as a, as a German, because um, yeah, German, like to, German people like to, like to separate waste. Um, <laughs> and uh, additionally, of course, exactly what you mentioned. So just um, having certain amounts collected doesn't mean that we recycle them in a proper way. So first of all, we still have fractions which are collected, which are just not used so we actually collect them and then we burn them so oh, oh. it's, it's uh, recycling to to energy waste to energy basically 
Um, and then secondly, uh, we, we have the problem that we recycle a lot to, for example, a downgrade uh, application. So uh, we can make a flower pot out of it, which is basically then the last step. So we, we take a mixture of different plastics into a flower pot and make a flower pot out of it again, which is fine. But uh, what we're trying to focus is really, and especially when we're talking about closing the loop, we have to make a yogurt cup out of a yogurt cup again. And after that, a yogurt cup out of this already made out of yogurt cup again. Mm. So um, this is the challenge we face at the moment. So basically what is, at least in part, yeah. today working with the PET bottles from the deposit return system. Um, mm. And this we have to do within all the plastic types and material types and packaging types uh, you can imagine to, to really close the loop. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's a, it's interesting that, that the def, the, def, the current definition of, of closing the loop is, is article back to article, which, which, you know, for bottle to bottle and for some other applications, I, I get it. Um, if, if that's what if that's what the chemical if that's what the plastics industry and the plastics value chain sees as as the ultimate way to go in, in completeness over time, then we're never going to get there uh, because uh, we need to we need to further uh, define closing the loop uh, to be uh, beyond just you know article back to the same article in my view. But but that's that's something we can talk about. Uh, it, it, the numbers uh, uh, it, here in Europe: twenty five million metric tons. Uh, of plastic waste uh, is generated uh, uh, on a yearly basis. Less than 20% is collected for recycling, or 30%. Less than 30% is collected for recycling. That doesn't mean it's being recycled. Uh, it's 30% it, is collected for recycling, uh, but much less. I think it's uh, in the teens or even, heard somewhere even as low as 8%, something like that. Yeah, something like that. So, so a huge opportunity still before us, right? Yeah, correct. I think um, we I presented a couple of weeks back with these numbers as well. It's based on uh, some research of the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, I think. So there it came out that we really have a huge gap um, from collection to what we what could be collected. Mm -hmm. um, and then within the collection itself, so exactly as mm -hmm. you said, um, there's a huge potential. And I totally agree that we don't just have to focus on cup to cup or bottle to bottle. We, but we should be able to produce out of waste, um, which would recycle every application you can imagine. So really to replace as much as possible in the best case, all the virgin feedstock we need at the moment to produce whatever plastic packaging or for building yeah, or uh, yeah. whatever. So this is the very final yeah, target to go for. Yeah. And, and when you look at the waste stream, I mean, you look at the waste stream today, uh, a, a huge percentage of it is packaging waste, right? And, and the huge fraction of that is, is polyolefin, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and if you look at food packaging, uh, okay, you have, you know, I, I don't know about bottle to bottle if that's, if that's considered food. I don't know. But, uh, but uh, uh, how, how is it, if we talk about closing the loop being article back to article uh that's not possible with food packaging right i mean so so every kilogram of, of plastic packaging waste uh, essentially zero of that is going to be able to go back into packaging um food? yeah correct at least at the moment so when you're talking about polyolefins um that's definitely the case yeah. um i mean we're having it for the pt bottle then yeah. we are able to process a food contact packaging out of it again Mm. Um, I don't know if you're aware on that. So in Switzerland, it is in the meanwhile allowed to go with polystyrene. 
mm -hmm. back into food contact by 100% R pellet, um, which could be adapted for, for whole Europe um, in the next years, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the main idea should definitely be within the next years to uh, reach that possibility also with the polyolefins that can be by a very nice um, washing process, decontamination process, degassing process maybe, or for sure um, with the chemical recycling, because uh, with the chemical recycling, you're basically able um, in theory to, to go back into food contact, which is not approved yet, I think, because chemical recycling as such is not approved yet um, officially, but uh, will hopefully be um, in the future because chemical recycling is a is a very important um, driver of circularity as well because we have um, compound materials, we have um, process losses, um, and we have very dirty streams which are just possible to recycle within the chemical recycling. And of course, like I just said, with the advantage to go also with the polyolefin fraction, maybe polyolefin means um, for the listeners polyethylene and polypropylene, which is yeah. the main um, polymer for food contact. Um, yeah. yeah packaging basically and to go there back into the food contact uh, with the help of the, uh, the chemical recycling very important mm. i totally mm. agree yeah we've had these discussions already a couple of times like i think it's it has to go hand in hand with uh, with like sometimes there is this argument like what is better what is what what is worse and so on and i think this is the wrong way to go it has to like yeah and and that's what 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 I like about your approach in the master thesis that you have to just simply drill down to the numbers and show like what's what's actually the the where where the numbers show it makes sense to use which solution and um, I guess this is also kind of your um, your work at the circular economy department at Tomra is to to look at these kind of concepts where it makes sense to 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 close the loop through mechanical recycling where you can you need to invest into a new technologies uh, where you need to to I don't know scale up certain technologies and so on. So, so we definitely see the chemical recycling as um, complementary to what we have in the mechanical recycling because mm -hmm. uh, we have certain process losses uh, which we are not able to to close. We are talking about a technical process which is never 100%. So we have process losses that definitely affect. So this could be interesting for chemical recycling. And of course, like I said, very dirty fractions, multi-materials such as very thin different layers stacking to each other by, by production side. This is a feedstock for the chemical recycling. Um, and to be honest, um, John, you for sure know that um, you cannot feed whatever um, mixed material you have no information about into the chemical recycling reactor. So you need a pre-treatment. So in that case, a sorting in a way. So we are not afraid as Tomra, for example, um, of the of the chemical recyclers because even the chemical recycling needs the technology like our technology to purify the feedstock and for example um talking about the polyolefin chemical recycling making sure that we don't have any pvc or i think even a pet in that stream because that will for sure make it challenging to perform the process in a proper way I think that the where where we can serve uh, where where we can create competition for Tomra is with plastic climate future 
Because uh-huh. we're going to educate the people that they will sort by themselves. There you go, man. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> That's no, a real competition. No, yeah, but I, I think it touches. Yeah, it touches. It, it touches upon a very interesting point because we also had this discussion in context with chemical recycling. That, I mean, there is a lot of because in the end, your machines right with uh, uh, run with with energies that has to come from somewhere, and that's also connected probably to to CO two emissions and so on and so on. So you have to mm, calculate uh, also within an LCA uh, calculation, for example, like the, the the whole energy balance into it. And I think a lot. <clears throat> There is, well, maybe not a lot, but there is a, a leverage point when when you have the education or or the, the awareness of the consumers also about these processes and about what it takes to actually recycle the waste and so on, where, where you can help to transfer the knowledge in such a way that, that, that uh, the sorting will be less energy intense or something like this of course you would still like get to have us have your job because there's <laughs> not only consumer <laughs> yeah. waste in the world right <laughs> yeah but, definitely yeah. <laughs> but i had one one question because you said about like there are these losses so uh, a typical process like how much how much is lost at the moment like what is the current state of state of the art we can take an example for example pt or pp streams when you say you 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 have a nearly closed loop system or or a bottle collection system, how much is lost in percentage, more or less? Um, like always, it's, it's depending on on the input, um, how how dirty the input is. So that means not dirt as such. It means um, contaminations from, for example, another polymer into a PT mm-hmm. fraction. But normally we reach um, yeah recovering weights. Um, above 90 percent mm-hmm. um, so 90 95 depending on the settings of the machine um, because at some point you have to make a decision either you go for years or you go for quality and um, this is always the two options you have to face of course we try to get both as best uh, as possible but um, yeah at, at some point you have to make this decision um, so, so we're talking about um, recovering 90 95 percent of the material in the falling step and then it's depending on the sorting steps or how many sorting steps you have. Normally, um, you have a couple of steps, so which means two or three to to create um, a pure fraction. And then you have something like 90 and 95 in each of the um, sorting steps. So and then you can easily calculate yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What, um, what you have as a final number there. Yeah, but that's quite good. I mean... I would have thought about like 20% is lost or something, but so less than 10. It's not so bad. Yeah, Um, maybe in the end it's it's around this number, but mm -hmm. um, in one sorting step it's it's for sure less. But um, having then, for example, 20% losses, you really reach a very high quality at the Mm -hmm. the end. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's exactly Mm -hmm. the decision you you have to make. And then even with the process losses, and that's exactly what, what I was talking about, this is something we have to. Yeah, considering somehow this is a challenge to to get rid of these losses that can be to increase, of course, the mechanical process, um, which is yeah under construction, let's say. Um, but uh, we will always have some process losses mm-hmm. for sure. So and there is then um, it's important to have chemical recycling as as the partner to yeah to really go on closing the loop and to mm-hmm. achieve it um, as a collaboration. 
Well, from another point of view, uh, because I I know that you're you're providing solutions to 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 the recyclers, but you're also talking with brands and 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 distributors of plastic in terms of products or or you know uh, and, and services and so on who who want to have I don't know reverse logistic infrastructure who want to basically know. Um, what's on the market and what are the possibilities for them because also the on the other side of the of the not not of the supply chain but downstream you, there are chances where where you you can kind of close the loop as well with your technologies because you provide the the, the solutions to actually also collect the materials um do you see like is there a difference between uh motivations or or kind of like aspirations do you do you think they're they, they it has changed over the years that you get more and more people from from the other side like from brands and distributors also coming to you and saying like look can you help us out we we want to collect our materials back or we want to have a recycling uh, um, value chain within our business model um i think it's a simple answer yes so I'm I'm not a, not as long in the business as many of my colleagues. So I'm I'm still yeah, yeah. still more or less quite new since I just spoke about uh, my history as a student. Um, uh, yeah, it, it it definitely changed a lot. So a couple of years back, let's go maybe ten years back, uh, no one reached out to Tombra from the petrochemical um, side, for example. But in the meanwhile, we are collaborating with more or less all the petrochemicals. Mm -hmm. um, all the big players on the market um, when it comes to circularity, closing the loop, getting recycled feedstock, which is actually the, the reason why we have such a price increasing um, within the last years um, on mm -hmm. plastic. So the, the prices for waste, I think, nearly tripled within two years. So it's really a lot. And that's uh, one of the reasons for sure is that so many petrochemicals are, are in that business being right. And this is exactly why we have this um, circular economy department because mm -hmm. this is the aim we we go for to really sitting all or letting all the involved parties sitting together in the table which means the petrochemical the recycler the the brand owner the retailer we as a technology provider um to to find a yeah to find together a solution because this is the only mm -hmm. way we can we can achieve these circularity goals um, and, and we need all the requirements and the knowledge from the petrochemical side, for example, when it comes to additives, master batches. But of course, we need as well the recycling perspective. We need the brand owner perspective. We need a marketing perspective, um, the purchasing and supply chain perspective, all these information we need. And um, this is yeah, what, what is our key business within the um, circular economy team. Mm -hmm. So um, we're doing yeah, joint development together with all those parties. To, to achieve high quality recyclates um, ready to go in whatever application. Mm -hmm. may, may, I, may I just uh, uh, come back to something that was mentioned uh, in the beginning of our conversation uh, today? Uh, and that is, is uh, when, when, when Matt asked you about you know, how you got to where you are and how you started in other areas. Uh, I find it interesting from, from you, Jan, and also from talking to other, other uh, people of if you will, closer to your generation than to mine. So, so younger people, uh, younger younger professionals, uh, about about indeed this this uh, uh, yeah you you want you want to get out there and, and get into the industry and and start a career and, and make a career 
Uh, yes, you know, you want to have the, the finer things in life and all this. Uh, but at the same time, you, you have a real commitment to, to something that's even that's bigger than this. Or you have you said like a green, a green job. So you mentioned green and I think green energy, green economy. Uh, can, can you kind of, you know, shed a little bit more light on that? You know, uh, do, do you think that is uh, something that is that is uh, kind of uh, goes goes uh, along with, with with your generation of professionals? I think the answer is yes. I think that there's a, a larger number of of younger young professionals these days that are entering the the industry of, of let's say chemical or plastics or associated to these industries. That that yes, they, they want to be engineers, they want to be chemists, they want to you know have the rewards that come from that, but they also want to do something that is bigger than this. They want to do something that is you know solving problems that that are in society, plastic waste, uh, so on. Uh, um, yeah. Can you comment more on that? I, I find that fascinating. Um, yeah, of course, I cannot speak for everyone, as you said, in my generation, but uh, for sure, this is um, at least for me a big motivation. As I said, um, yeah. I, I finished my, my bachelor with the idea, okay, this is uh, in the automotive context. Um, so, and there I realized, okay, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. And then I said, said okay, I, I want to do something sustainable where, where I have a good feeling. Um, first of all, I, 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 have a good, I have a good job. That's yeah. for sure important with nice colleagues and all mm -hmm. that. That's just, yeah. uh, I think, think the base for, for everything. But apart from that, to have the feeling to do something, as you said, um, yeah, with a bigger goal or uh, with achieving a sustainability, sustainable world, or in mm -hmm. the case we are talking here, um, to to close the loop, to go for circularity. This is a huge motivation for me. Yeah. Um, and for me, to be honest, makes it easy to to get up most of the most of the days, except when I'm uh, on vacation, to to feel motivated and um, mm -hmm. making yeah a lot of days a very good day. Of course, there is the morning um, where you don't want to get up. Of course, this is, I think everyone <laughs> can, can follow that. Yeah, correct. But um, apart from that, um, I, I like what I'm doing and I'm convinced that uh, what, what we are doing and what we are going for um, is part of the solution. Of yeah. course, not the solution because there's so much more when it comes to, I don't know, um, chemical recycling or even green energy, because as you mentioned correctly, um, we, we need energy for uh, what we do in terms of recycling. Um, so there is much more to, to this circularity goal. Um, but yeah, in a way, of course, I, I feel proud of being a part of this. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just one last thing, and I'll, I'll turn it back over to Matt here. But, you know, one of, our, a, a pill, of the pillars of plastic climate future uh, is, is, is uh, science-based viable solutions. Uh, and here I, I, put the, I put the emphasis on the word viable. And here uh, there's the economic component. You know that uh, that that's in that's in place here, and uh, what I, what I find in, 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 encouraging and, and and kind of yeah a, a, a ray of light uh, on the horizon of, of 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 things is 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 that uh, I, I don't know what the cause and the effect is here, but 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 what is happening in in, in big huge industries, plastics, uh, chemical industry, uh, etc. Uh, the, 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 they, they are developing their offering, adjusting their ways of working in order to respond to the demand uh, in the market for sustainable solutions, for sustainability, for circularity. It is a market, it's a response to the, to, to the market requirement. 
uh, I find this really, really encouraging because it, it, it's very, it's realistic as well. It's like, yeah, we, we dream of a better world uh, and we know that we need viable solutions to make that happen. Solutions that, that, you know, that are economically sustainable as well as, 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 as otherwise. And, and uh, yeah, I'm just giving some commentary here, but uh, I, yeah, I think but, uh, it, just to it, add to it, this, I think this is a good, great point that you made also, John, before um, I, I was just thinking when, when you were just discussing this, uh, I think a couple of years ago or maybe a couple of more years ago when I was uh, young, <laughs> um, there was, if you would say like, yeah, you're a chemist and then you, 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 you're looking for a job, you would first look for biochemicals, BASF and so on. Mm -hmm. And if someone would have said, I'm going, I'm going to work for a recycling company, then they would have said like yeah why would you work for a recycling company and now i think it just, yeah and now it's <laughs> no. kind of it's turned around and also if you look yeah. like at these at, like simply at your website at tomrayon um and yeah. and then you see it's 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 a different vibe you know it's like we're we're kind of helping with to solve the global problems and it's kind of cool to be working yeah. for tomra right yeah. it's cool to be working at a recycling company and not so cool maybe to work at, uh, at at a petrochemical company, right? And and this is I think the shift that has happened now. And and of course the petrochemical companies have also to uh, do do have to react on this because otherwise they they need to have uh, they they won't be able to to get the talent anymore. So they have to also provide these solutions in the end to to attract the right talent. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think it's a great point. Um, yeah, uh, before before we finish for today, um, I've I've had uh, one thing that you might help me out with, Jan, because I've I haven't uh, listened to it, but uh, I've seen when researching a bit about Tomra, I've seen that you also have your own podcast, Whoa. like not you, Jan, but Tomra has a podcast. Yeah, have you have you like we won't we won't tell it to your boss, but have you ever listened to this one? Um, actually, I did because, um, <laughs> I, of course, that I, I'm totally happy if my my boss or bosses are listening. So no, <laughs> no, no, no. Take it seriously. Um, I I actually did um, not all of the episodes, but but um, a lot of them. Um, also, just because I know a lot of people participating at the at the mm -hmm. podcast, and you know, it's always very nice when you know someone personally and then listening to what he is saying in the podcast. Um, so I listened uh, a couple of times, and it's um, it's a very interesting podcast. So um, our marketing team is having a mainly internal guest um, and yeah, explaining yeah. all the various tasks we we face within Tomra. Um, yeah. So starting from um, yeah an EPR perspective, um, from to the technical perspective, um, mm. of course having having a quick chat uh, with our both in the recycling um, business and uh, explaining his perspective on in, in the field of um, yeah circular economy. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a very interesting podcast. And um, in the meanwhile, we had some some external guests to to have yeah look much more beyond what Jomra is doing, and maybe to also get an in a way an external feedback on what um, Jomra is doing, um, or yeah to get a feedback on that on the on the quality uh -huh. of work. Um, and um, yeah, by by accident, let's say I, I had a quick quick call with our with the host of the podcast um, beginning of this week because she heard that I would participate in 
in a podcast and then we had a quick chat on that. Um, yeah, and she just explained to me, so whenever you want to be part of this in this podcast, uh, just reach out to us, feel absolutely free, you know, more than welcome to join the Tonga podcast. Wow. Um, and then oh, maybe yeah, explain... Uh, what you are doing, your point of view, your look on Tomra. Um, yeah, so yeah, cool. please, please feel free to reach out to, to us to participate yeah. in there. Would be would be a pleasure. Yeah, thanks, thanks, definitely. No, I, I, I think what I wanted also to point out is that that is it's also like part of your educational campaign, you know, to be active in this with, with a podcast like that. Yeah, to create an awareness, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. I think that's really cool. Like this is all these facets and then and the, the the collaborational um yeah. aspect of circular economy as well, to you know, mm -hmm. be be at the different uh ends of, of the value chain and then and, and, and be present there and and create this awareness of the complexity that we're facing. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and great. I think it's exactly facing, facing what you just said, because a lot of young people listening also to, to podcasts, and when you get within the podcast such a nice insight, you what what is Tom, what Tomra is doing, then mm -hmm. uh, you really attract all those young talents, as, as John correctly said, mm -hmm. to yeah make them feel, okay, this is also what, what I want to go for, um, and create a, an interest within the whole population, let's say, even beyond the um, mm -hmm. possible talent to, to join Tomra as a yeah, employee. Yeah, cool. No, very, very cool. Um, Jan, thanks a lot for, for your time today. Um, yeah. And um, some Not the best part. <laughs> some of the guests some of our guests already know it, that we always have a, a last question and at, at the end <laughs> and um for us as a, as a hobby musicians this is also the most interesting part <laughs> so we have our plastic climate future playlist on spotify and we always ask our guests to name one maximum three songs uh, that would connect to the topic of plastic climate future or their personality so that we can build our plastic climate future music channel. Yeah, I did. And actually, I don't know if it's uh, maybe a little bit um, overdramatic. And to be honest, I, I had a look for, for the playlist, but, but I uh, did not find it. So um, I don't know if the song's already in. Um, so the first thing coming to my mind uh, would be, to be honest, Wind of Change, because um, that's exactly what would you... Uh, what you Yeah, exactly what, what you just explained, because a couple of years back, no one was interested in working maybe within the recycling industry, especially as a chemist, for example. This was mm -hmm. kind of strange behavior. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of, ch uh, a lot of things changed in that industry and especially in the field of petrochemical and circularity. So yeah, this is maybe, maybe one suggestion. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah. That's a good one. And it's not on the playlist yet. Okay. It's not. Thank you. We'll take it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's also a bit, uh, yeah, dramatic as well, but, but maybe, uh, maybe the, the song Dreamer. This I don't know because yeah. somehow somehow you 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 start with the vision what you want to do and I uh -huh. just know it from from what from our journey so just by telling because um, ten or fifteen years back I yeah was in school I just realized okay <laughs> <laughs> so um, I have of course uh, nothing to do with that story of Tomba ten or fifteen years back um, but I'm pretty sure if you would have told people at that time what we want to go for. 
and what we achieved today, especially involving all the all the industry, all the petrochemicals. Um, a lot of people would have said, "Okay, there is no way to do that. You're yeah, in a way a dreamer." But um, yeah, somehow it worked, and and uh, the people managed. So we're at the point. Um, a couple of people said, "Yeah, you have to be a dreamer to think about these." these options well that's a good one that's a good one well yeah we're gonna we're gonna I send you a link to the playlist so you will you will follow us definitely